Welcome to season five of the Retail Tea Break podcast. My name is Melissa Moore, the Retail Advisor, and each week I'll be joined by industry experts, retailers and brands to dispel the myths, share their knowledge and give you an insight into the retail industry. You can listen back to previous episodes on your favourite podcast platform or on YouTube. And while you're there, please subscribe to the podcast so that you get to listen to it first every week. In the meantime, grab that cup of tea, sit back and listen in to season five of the Retail Tea Break podcast. Today's episode of the Retail Tea Break podcast is sponsored by Salesforce, who bring companies and customers together. So I'm joined by an incredibly experienced businessman whose company provides the backbone to the retail industry. Founded in 1979, the business has grown to be one of the leading providers of storage solutions that make the maximum use of space. Having supported the retail industry through so many changes over the years, the company continues to grow as, of course, their customers do. Narok, Managing Director of Storage Systems Limited, welcome to the Retail Tea Break podcast. Thank you, Melissa. Delighted to join you today. Um, Delighted to share a little bit of my knowledge of the industry, if I can. And that's fantastic. And that's why it's so useful to have someone like you from a very different part of the industry. Come on and share your insight because we know retail is changing, but certainly what you do and what you deliver and even who you deliver it to is changing. So before we kick off, in the age-old tradition of the Retail Tea Break podcast, in the time that it takes to boil a kettle, which I'm told is about two minutes... Tell us a bit about you and your business. Yeah, it's a simple story, really. I left school, did marketing and business in college. And then after that, I was looking for a job. My father had started a business, as you say, in 1970, 76 it was actually. And it was a small storage equipment company. So I decided to go into it straight out of college. Started in installations, got to learn how to build a product. Yeah. Went into administration, estimating and design, sales, marketing, Became sales director and then became uh, managing director in 2016. So worked my way up through the business, growing the business to where we are today. As you say, storage systems itself offer space-saving solutions for industrial and commercial sectors. So we're into industrial areas like warehouses, distribution centers, stock rooms, for the likes of Amazon, PepsiCo, Lidl, Supermax, Tato, Cadbury's, Pfizer. And then within the commercial industry, we have space-saving storage solutions for, you know, your government bodies, your financial institutions, museums. So we're dealing with, you know, PricewaterhouseCoopers, KPMG, Deloitte, the banks, National Museum of Ireland, National Gallery. So it's a, it's a huge range of products to be stored or items to be stored. And uh, you're dealing with a whole range of different customers, different backgrounds, different priorities. Some treat their products like their children. Some others treat their products as if just get it into the market and sell it. So it's we have to be adaptable in all areas. So it's a very interesting industry to be in. Oh, it sounds it. And I love the fact family business, legacy business, but yeah. working with absolutely everyone and anyone around the country, as you say, from government bodies there to all the big brands that we certainly know of and we love bring different solutions but I also love the fact and so many people listening will have worked their way up through the business so you literally have seen it all within the business and Mm. I suppose externally do you think that's really led for you to drive that business forward to where it is today because you've been through as you said from building the racking to now kind of managing this whole incredible team of people 
Yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, when you go through all the aspects of the business, you hit the customer from different points. So when you're, you know, for us, the last person who touches the product is probably the most important. And that's our installation teams and our service teams. So having a bit of experience working in that field, seeing what can happen on sites, see how customers' expectations are for handover, you know, and then going through design and seeing what salespeople's, you know, design criteria are for their customers and all the way through then to leading the team. Yeah, you, you get an aspect of exactly every part of your business and, and really how you should be able to have your business as a customer-centric or customer-focused organization, really. Well, there's nothing better, is there? You you certainly talk about it in such a customer-first way, which I think probably really helps and supports your retailers. But also, I have to say, and if you're watching on YouTube, you will see this, the image behind you is definitely where we need to start because, so look, storage, let's be honest, in retail, you think of those damp, dark, dingy stock rooms. But crikey, it's all changed. And I think people will be quite surprised to hear that in many instances now, you help brands bring that stock room to the shop floor so just like the image behind you there but actually you do it in a way that enhances the retail theater and that wow factor so kind of that experience economy and I talk about it so much in the training and the workshops that I deliver but you you literally deliver it it's incredible tell us a bit about the solutions that you're now bringing out front to the customer to the shop floor yeah, so I suppose traditionally our industry, as you say, we call, we used to call it the dirty end of the business. So yeah. all the customers, our customers would spend all their money or their square meterage on a display, on getting the customer attracted into the into the shop or the retail area. And, you know, that that's worked hugely. But I think since the introduction, particularly of online sales, We've noticed that you know it's a full turnkey circle which has to be offered to enhance the customer experience. So even even today, like if you take a, an example of someone going into a shop wants to buy a pair of shoes, you know they go into the shop, they wait to see an assistant. They can only see what's on display. The assistant has to go behind a, a back door. They bring out five or six different types of shoes because the one the customer wanted wasn't available in blue, and that takes time. And there's other customers hanging around. So if you take the, the philosophy of, of online shopping, which is a three-click rule to keep your customer, well, then within the shop, you should have the same philosophy. The, the customer service person should not leave the customer in our eyes. So to do that, we have to bring the stock to the front. Now, we're not saying that you need a bigger shop. You have the shop already there and you have a back storeroom. What we're doing is actually the systems we have double the capacity of the storeroom that's already there, but take down the walls, bring it into the shop front and aesthetically make it pleasing for everyone to see. And when we've done this across Europe and we've noticed that customer retention has improved. Wow. Yeah, customer service has, has the efficiency has, has grown. And we've also seen theft reductions. Because ah, the, because these the that's the return shop. on investments there. Because obviously, look, money, money is money. It's money talks. Those yeah. figures on ROI, that's really interesting. So theft, and we know theft is a huge issue in this industry right now. That is so interesting. Yep, absolutely. So the customer has evolved, and that's what the shops need to do. And it, you know, it, it's 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 really getting the message out to the designers at the start because they need to understand that they don't need to have a backstock room anymore. They can have a you know basement distribution center, all right, but the product should be available in the sizes that the customer wants 
on the shop floor. And the image behind me is showing that that's a, a particular gene company that's displaying the, the genes on the front end behind my head. But as you move those shelves left and right, the backup sizes are right there. So right at the hand of the, 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 the staff who's looking after the customer. And then taking it even a step further, there's no reason why, you know, the staff member can't have a, a chip and pin device in their hand, tap and go, out the customer goes with their pair of shoes or their pair of jeans. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. And I tell you, this fascinates me. And for anyone listening on Spotify or iTunes, to describe it to you, it just looks like a very well-dressed wall of jeans. And I mean that in a really good way. The colours look well. The jeans are perfectly folded. It's behind the till point there. So you've got full visibility as a staff member on who's in front of you. You know exactly where everything is behind you. And it just... It just looks like a really well laid out store, as in, as you said, it looks like the retail merchandising has been done in a very cool, funky way. But as you said, just behind that, then with a little turn of those handles, you've got all the backup stock you need. Like it's it's a very clever solution. And the way you describe it there, that the the sales assistant is literally in touching, touching distance of both the consumer, which we need, but also the stock that they haven't wandered off for 10 minutes looking for something you know, they're not trying to find stuff that's laid out really poorly because even the layout of these, very clever, suits the product, really easy to kind of capture what you want, customers in front of you. But also I kind of like the way the customer gets to see absolutely everything you've got. And there you go. There's more sales for you. They see all your different colors. They see the different sizes. They could shop for someone else. And the theft thing, if that theft thing is then added on top, less theft because it's right there in front of you. You know what you've got. I love it now. I just think it looks gorgeous. So yeah, that's that's the solution. It becomes in, in a range of different options, electrically driven, which moves press the button or turn the hand wheel, or it can be hanging garments, shoes, jeans. It's it's tailor-made. It, you know, instead of having the jeans at the front, they could have been mirrors, they could have been a slap board for your your trainers. You know, there's a whole it, 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 it's imagination. Wow. It's, it, it's design, it's imagination, it's whatever, you know. The, the client is, if they're high-end, low-end, medium brand, whatever, it, it can be tailor-made to suit their requirements. That's fantastic. It, it really is. It's it's a great idea now to think we are moving forward, as you say, to bring this wow factor into store, which we know we need and research tells us that, that to entice people into store, we have to offer something different and they will definitely come in to look at that, but also their shopping experience will then be much, much better as well. All of your solutions then, when used in this efficient way, so like the way you've described using there, they enhance this customer experience. How much have you seen that in, I suppose, the stores or the brands you've worked with? Do they like that fact that they're no longer leaving their customer, even for a moment to go into a stockroom, because the stock is there? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, salespeople want to sell. Yeah. Simple as that. So they want to be customer facing. You know, all the admin, all the stock check, it gives them time to inventory management because they don't have to leave the customer. When the shop is quiet, they can do it while still in the shop. You know, there's a there's a whole range of additional benefits that are available by having your stock in the location where you want people to sell. I mean, it's 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 fairly straightforward. It's it's it works. Absolutely. And I love the way, as well, as you said, the day is easier. You get more done if you're not wasting those little three minutes, every single customer going back of house. And as you say, if you can do your inventory better, it it's win-win by the looks of it, yeah. both for the customer, because as you say, they're seeing you more, you can sell more, your sales associates can definitely sell more. 
it seems like a no-brainer. And again, if it's adding to the aesthetic of the store, it's fitting in with the brand values, which as you said, because it can be changed so much, like you were certainly showing me, and I know it's on your website, the mirrored version, as you said, the bits with the pegboard for the shoes. It's a really innovative way to even display product. Yeah, and I suppose more importantly is that it's designed for the use. So traditionally what we found is, you know, we fitted out stock rooms in various retail outlets, you know, uh, two months before the person takes over the stock room, actually even before sometimes they know who's moving into the stock and in, into the front end of the shop. So they end up with shelving or a storage system, which isn't fit for purpose. You know, whether it be timber, whether it be steel, the depths of the shelf don't suit the product that's going on it. There's no adjustability, there's no flexibility. So you end up just wasting space in the room, in the small room that you've been given. So you're having more frequently deliveries, you know, just adding on cost, 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 cost. So if you can design from, from day one exactly what you need have bring the flexibility into it and design it within the shop fit out environment, then you get a much better fit. That's really interesting because I genuinely sitting here thinking, I don't think I've even worked for a retailer that's ever done it that way. We spend so long, of course, fitting out the shop floor, designing the shop floor, you know, thinking about the customer's journey and the way they move around the shop. I don't know I've ever had a conversation about shop, you know, the storeroom fit out. And as you said, if that then impacts how often you get deliveries, and of course that's costing you money, yep. again, it seems like a no-brainer to bring people like you in at the very beginning of the conversation to do what you do best. It's going to save companies money in the long run. Yeah, and retain customers. It's amazing. It really, really is. So retail, we know, and as you said, companies been around a long time, and I mean that in a really good way. Retail's evolved. Of course, we've we've talked about online there a little bit. And obviously the last few years, explosion of e-commerce, click and collect. So a lot of this has either been fed from the store itself, or of course, distribution centers, more and more brands have those. How has this impacted the business? Because of course, as you've said at the beginning, you don't just serve traditional retailers you're now serving their partners yeah so we we've seen over the last 10 years i suppose a massive growth in in third-party logistics particularly for retail industry we find a lot of the, the retail companies uh, aren't investing in their own distribution centers anymore because they're trying to get margins they're right they're trying to cut overheads or the, you know they're trying to reduce capital expenditures so they want operational expenditure which they can build into their into their finances so they you know they 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 rent out that business to a third party logistics company um, which is fine and there's many of those third party logistics companies out there but what we find now is that the third party logistics companies want to enhance their offering so that they can attract business and uh, get business from other third party logistics companies so so there's been a huge drive shall we say for um, automation uh, within that industry so the demand for the customers the expectation to get it you know right first or, or and and also you've got to remember that a lot of these distribution companies are paying up or are, you know paying getting money up front for their service so it has to has to be trust there so click click and collect is a good one you know i mean the worst thing you can imagine with click, click and collect is if there's no stock if it's out of stock if it's out of stock you don't make <laughs> sale same day next day service is a big one that's that's come into the industry um, returns is massive track and trace so these third-party logistics companies have to put systems in place that solve all these problems so same day next day service in particular you know that that's a big commitment to say that if someone places an order with you 
by 12 o'clock, you'll have a dispatch the same day. Now, traditionally, warehouses used to have, you know, 42 bodies running around staircases, running up and down floors, picking parts into supermarket trolleys, doing conventional paperwork. You know, there was no quality control, very little efficiency. Health and safety generally was out the window, the truth's known. Yeah. Forklifts mixing with people. So now it's all about, you know, keeping pickers in zones and driving product to them. So an order comes in online, straight into an ERP system, straight into the storage system, and the automation starts, whether it be conveyors or automated storage and retrieval systems. And we're talking about traditionally, you know, with people running it down in warehouse, the average picker was picking about 40 line items per hour. Now with automation, we're getting up to 150 line items per hour. So what we're doing is we're driving efficiency. And also we, we've, we've put quality checks in there as well. So we have RFID, barcoding. QR codes, quality checks at the end, even weight. We have we have some clients who, from when they receive the order, the carton is automatically chosen for them because they know what weight the product is going to be, what volume the product is going to be, and it starts automatically picking a carton, and that carton goes into the back of the, the truck automatically. So th there's a huge emphasis on, on getting the product to the customer efficiently and the best company that does that wins the business of the big retailers you know we have voice picking pick to light all the abc analysis uh, you name it it's quite incredible i mean to give you two examples asos which is a, a big known brand targeting at the at the younger generation as we know from from a clothing point of view but all asos have done is they've saved money on, on having retailer units they still, if you think about it, they still give exactly the same service, the return service. So it's exactly the same service as if someone is going to a fitting room and trying to unclose. They've just done it online. And to do that, you know, to give that service, to say to the young generation or the young women of the world, you can buy our product. You can try it home, try it at home in your own fit out room. And if it doesn't work, send it back to us in the package we provided. There has to be a huge backup service behind that provide that because they deliver a certain they deliver next day you know the day after they give a commitment on time but they also allow you a return so how do they deal with returns well they deal with returns exactly the same way as a normal shop does if you try something on in a, in a, in a fit out room it's a return basically because you're not buying it so another example would be you know uh, amazon if you go into an amazon warehouse you know you'll be amazed to see for example air fresheners sitting beside cat food. And, you know, from, from a, a logistics, no, unknown logistics person walking in, they say, well, that's an absolutely ridiculous idea. Why isn't all the air fresheners together and the cat food beside the dog food? Well, Google Analytics tells us that every person or people who buy cat food also buy air fresheners. So to speed up the picking process, they have looked at the analysis and said that, so many orders always have the two products, so why not sit them together? Makes no, sense. Absolutely makes sense. But you need to have the backup for that. And, you know, it's all about, again, the return on investment. I mean, these systems do cost money, but it's about um, reducing um, costs so that your margin can be maintained. It's also about staffing issues because these companies are big operations. They have to have a lot of staff. They have to retain their staff. So, you know, if you're trying to attract, you know, young, educated people into this industry, 
will they want to run around warehouses picking or will they want to work in an environment where they have you know a device on their wrists which the order is displayed voices you know they can speak to for picking product and it, it's it's an it's a, and the product comes to them it, it's it's a nice environment and you get a retention of, of of staff in that point of view you know we're we're looking at really the kpi for us when we're designing these systems you know is an on time and accuracy of about 99.9% that's what the client is expecting good grief yeah good grief there's so much in what you said there of course return investment we know it's not cheap however there's so many things you've mentioned that that make me feel like it's so worth doing because as you returns we had Michelle Grant open this season that's one of her big things for the coming into kind of Christmas and the golden quarter but also into 2024 the returns issue for companies that haven't invested like this is getting worse because again you know what let's be really honest most retailers don't think about it we think about the sale we think about getting the odd top back into a physical store but with the deluge of returns coming in especially for the big centers like the brands you've talked about I mean you have to think about that literally you know with the logistics literally how is that stock then going back into the system to be sold again so again having conversations with someone like you I have to say, I wouldn't have thought about returns when, you know, I knew we were going to have this conversation today. Storage, returns areas, it's almost like a little box. It's a little counter somewhere. But as you said, this is the investment for the future because those returns issues, now that we buy more and more online, they're not going away. Sizing for most companies is rubbish. I can tell you that. Therefore, I do buy two sizes. And of course, then I'm going to send one back. But there's thousands of women like me out there, and that's just for clothing. So, it makes sense to get someone in that is the expert in saying, well, actually, have you remembered this part of your business? Have you have you noticed that you don't have an area for your returns? How is that you know process going to work? Yeah, and then you even move, move away from clothing and you go into the book industry. I mean, returns within the book industry is a massive problem because every book that comes back is a different book. So you have someone just counting every book. So we have automated readers that barcode them and sortation systems that sort them out from a conveyor point of view because the returns are worth money from the publishers and so on and so forth so every industry has its problems and automation i mean we have a particular client at the moment who sells ice cream and you know they asked us to look at an automated solution for them and it's costing eight times the normal <clears throat> solution they would have bought in the past and we're going away well, this is now this is this is crazy this is an ice cream you know it's ice cream you know what's, what's... <laughs> The added value for ice cream but for them if they can get um, an increased capacity in in the freezer reduce the freezer overhead costs uh, make it automated so that they reduce the staff costs and uh, materials handling costs reduce and if they can get a return on investment within three to five years well then the spend is worth doing because they're making money from year five so it's all about that that return on investment for clients they they really will invest money if they see there's going to be a return there, that's that's the key to it. And also future-proofing. So much of what you've said today, whether that's bringing the solution to the shop floor, whether it's the ice cream brand, you know, investing now for the future because they know they're going to grow their sales. They're not thinking of it. They're going to do it. Investing and having that conversation now is well worth it. You know, we know that consumers are out there. They're never going to stop spending this, you know, whether it's returning stuff or buying more or brands kind of working, you know, B2B. 
it sounds like it's the right thing to do is have the conversation, invest, but also just like the ice cream brand, know what you want out of this, know what the end goal has to be in order to do that. I love it. It's brilliant. But look, I can't have you here, Niall, with all your years experience. And I was kind of looking forward to this bit. I have to pick your brain because we've got to talk about these fish stock creams. I've worked in many of them for some of the fanciest brands in the land, and they're absolutely awful. What are your top tips then for saving time, for delivering on this return of investment that we've talked about? Yeah, I'd love to know from all your visits to these stores, what have you seen? Yeah, I suppose not just even only visits. I suppose I just have a have an interest in it. So every time I go into a shop, I'm always looking into the back. <laughs> it's quite it's quite interesting, you know, to see what goes on in, in the back of these rooms. Yeah, I suppose for us, I mean, obviously the number one is is a disorganized storeroom. You know, the messy storerooms, health and safety, inefficiency of of what they're storing. You know, on on the shelves is obviously number one thing we immediately pick out but the other things we've, we've noticed as well is you know you know the inventory management is not done right poor stock control you know leads to a lousy customer experience obviously the big guys you know have it but a lot of, a lot of the retailers you know the bark they're not big enough to get the product barcoded for themselves for their own system so they're relying on you know the the big suppliers barcodes which don't sync with their systems so they have to have manual manual inventory management it essentially leads to you know reduced sales and tied up capital that's what it leads to manually managing stock you know there's still people out there who have excel spreadsheets and and and, and notebooks and that just leads to human errors particularly when they're running into the dark stock room and there's a customer comes in and they have to run back out back to the original conversation Stock checks, I, I don't believe there's too many stock checks done in small little stock rooms and shops. Um, so that leads to discrepancies and shrinkage, possibly not knowing the theft has happened as well. And then I suppose, you know, positioning the merchandising, labeling the, them, you know, yeah, the utilization of space correctly, even access equipment, and, and I suppose leaving some room for administration as well, because you have to have administration in the room. So yeah, I mean, it's 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 like a house. Some people have very nice wardrobes, and some people are disorganized. That, and that's what we see all the time. I love that. I love that analogy. But it's so true. I've definitely been in more dirty stock rooms than I have in clean ones. Disorganization, as you say, and it's the key there because again, every single item that's in the wrong place or that hasn't been counted is a lost sale at the end of the day you know how many times has the system said you've got something and you've gone into stockroom to look for it and it's not in the place it should be and you've disappointed that customer you know that customer may never come back to you again and it's it all leads back to this fundamental of keeping that stockroom as clean and tidy and as organized to sure yeah. So if you go back to the original conversation, which you've now let down the client because it wasn't in stock, if that had happened at the till where the stock is at the till, it's a much easier conversation. It's I'm sorry, it's not here, but we have this right beside it, which is available to you. It's a, enhancing the customer experience. I love it. I love it. And it looks pretty as well. So it's win-win. Yeah. It really, really is. And I also think you will keep it a lot cleaner and neater, even looking at the jeans behind your head, because it's on show. Again, this all comes back to not thinking about the old way of racking or storage in a dirty, damp, horrible stockroom. You can tell I've worked in many of them. This is about the customer experience in every aspect of the journey. It's coming back to this storage solution 
putting the customer at the heart of every decision because that's exactly what you're providing. So final question, and this excites me because goodness only knows where you're going to next with this, but what's coming up for you in the business over the next six months? In the business? Oh, well, we've, we're about to launch a new product, a new voice picking solution, actually. It's a, it's a multimodal solution, if anyone knows what that is. So rather than just a voice in your ear saying, pick shelf five, it now shows you display on your wrist as well. And it can show you an image of the picture of the product you're supposed to be picking in multi-languages. So it, it, it's we basically, it's 63% higher pick rate than normal voice picking. And wow. That's 70% faster than normal as well. Other than that, I mean, it'd be remiss of me not to mention our good friends from Salesforce, since they're your sponsors. We're on our Salesforce journey with them at the moment. We're, we're bringing our contracts management service and maintenance programs into on the Salesforce platform. So we're happily working with the guys in their service suite. So that's a big, big investment for us and a big shift to, to make sure that the, the journey through our company and all the, the different departments are all focused on the customer, to be honest with you. And Salesforce is a big part of that. From a personal point of view, big into golf. And <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to I'm involved in, in organizing the Women's Amateur Championship golf tournament next year. It hasn't been held in Ireland for over 90 years. So we'll have a lot of the top women amateurs coming over next June to, to Ireland to play in the competition. I'm heavily involved in the organization of that for, for the, the RNA, which is the golf organization. So that's a, that's a nice little little challenge for me personally. Oh, goodness, Nile, that's incredible. What an amazing opportunity for you personally. How exciting, goodness, and you have the time on top of running this incredible business. But it's lovely to hear both with your journey with Salesforce, but also with you and your customers, it comes back to it. You're bringing companies and customers together. It comes back to the customer being at the heart of every decision. And certainly Storage Systems Limited does that. So thank you so much. If you've enjoyed today's podcast episode, please do like and share it. There's so many golden nuggets in there today from now. Remember, you can listen back to past Retail Tea Break podcast episodes on your favorite platform or, of course, on YouTube. And then connect with Niall and myself on LinkedIn. And I think that's definitely important here if you want to have those conversations about your stockroom or how you're picking and processing. It's it's definitely an important one today. I'll obviously pop his details and the website link in the show notes and remember you can find the show notes and the transcript for today's episode on the retailadvisor.ie oh Niall thank you so much for your time today thank you Melissa really enjoyed it